this AL Early Betting Picks edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everyone, to the MLB Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday, December the 11th, currently 5.02 on the East Coast, here to get into some more off-season things and exciting stuff happening in the MLB. Joining me, here to, here to help me break it all down, I got my guy here with me. It's Dylan Rockford. D-Rock, what's going on, my man? How you doing? What's going on? Good to be back, Munaf, talking some baseball. We're just 62 days away from pitchers and catchers reporting. Offseason usually fly. I know me and you were talking offline, but it's good to be back. We got some big-time news to talk about and some bets, of course. Yeah, man, uh, obviously two big uh Transactions, I should say, happened over the past week here, uh, obviously with Otani uh, deciding to sign with the Dodgers and Juan Soto being traded to the New York Yankees. So we'll get into both of those news and then we'll give out some early AL futures picks, uh, win totals and things like that uh, to you know, get some at least some betting content here on the MLB gambling podcast here. So don't we'll just uh, get right into it, man. Yeah. I'll say the Otani news uh, for a second because I was kind of going on a chronological mm-hmm. order here. So, um, you know, we read the rumors about Juan Soto going back to last season with the Padres that yeah. uh, possibly being traded, whether it was going to be at the trade deadline or in the offseason for sure. And, you know, the team that came to the uh, top of that list was the New York Yankees. I know there were some other teams uh, that were, you know, in the rumors as their uh for soda services as well. But I think this was a move that really the New York Yankees needed to make because last season they were the third worst offense uh, in the American league. And, you know, you talk about the Aaron judges of the world, obviously coming off of the MVP two seasons ago, um, uh, Carl, John Carlos Stan slowing down a little bit. Galeber Torres, you know, kind of being hit or miss. And then they finally decided last season during the season um, to drop, uh, Josh Donaldson, I feel like he's kind of the dead weight uh, that was holding this offense back a little bit. But nonetheless, it was a huge trade for the Yankees. I know all the Yankees fans are definitely excited for the trade of Juan Soto. But for me, I feel like this was, number one, a trade that they did need to make. But also, I feel like they gave up a lot uh, in this trade, did the New York Yankees. So yeah. the official trade here, uh, I'll uh, read off the names here. So Juan Soto and a uh, center fielder, Trent Grisham, are headed to the Yankees. Uh, and the San Diego Padres received right-handed pitchers Michael King, Johnny Brito, uh, Randy Vasquez, and Drew Thorpe, alongside with catcher uh, Kyle Hick. Oh, God, I'm going to say his name. Ashikwa? Ashiga? Ashika? I don't know. I'm, I'm probably butchering that name. But... Um, yeah, the big name, obviously, Juan Soto, now going to be manning probably right field for the uh, New York Yankees. I think Aaron Boone came out and said that he's probably going to have Aaron Judge um, uh, manning center field. And also, um, another trade that happened between the Red Sox and the Yankees, D-Rock, Alex Verdugo headed to the Yankees as well. Yeah. So that's a pretty formidable uh, outfield now with Verdugo, Judge, and Juan Soto here. But what was your reaction when you heard about this trade? Yeah, like you said, I thought it made the most sense him going there. I thought it was a win-win, to be honest. Yeah, they 
they gave up some young pitchers, but you know, the Padres needed to get Soto off of their books. He was making a lot of money. They just couldn't afford him anymore. And the Yankees, they needed a hitter and the Padres, they got a lot of young pitching. I think that's what they really struggled with. They got uh, Michael King, who he didn't really have that best of a season, but in the second half, I thought he played really good. Uh, Johnny Brito as well. Randy Vasquez, Jude Thorne. Uh, I think you pronounce it Kyle Hakiyosha. Uh, okay, definitely I butchered it. Butchered that. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I thought it was good. I actually like Trent Grisham as well. I think he's a great utility yeah. player. Uh, yeah, you're right. He came out. They came out. Uh, Aaron Boone said Judge will play center. My question is, where would you bat? Where would you put him in the lineup? I was thinking maybe you put him at second, right behind DJ. You put him Soto and then Rizzo. You know, I, I, I think that that would be the best. You put him at the two hole, you put Judge at three, and then maybe Rizzo yeah. at four. But I think that I think he'll play right field. Um, and I think he's gonna he's gonna love playing in the Bronx. That little league field is gonna work wonders for him. But uh, yeah, yeah, I thought it was a win win for both teams, to be honest. Yeah, I think for the uh, Yankees. It's going to depend on what they want to do with Alex Verdugo because he's been a guy that can really be honestly at any part of your lineup. You could put him in the the leadoff spot. You could put him in the two hole. You could have him down in the bottom of the lineup to kind of give you some stability there. Um, I would. I'm in agreement with you that I would rather if it's if he's healthy. I would rather see DJ Lemayhu be at that top of the lineup to provide mm-hmm. a guy that can get on base for you. I know he's a guy that doesn't yeah. really hit for power, but he's a guy that can hit for average and he can get on base for you. And then you protect him or you have then Juan Soto behind him or Aaron judge. Um, I think that they'll probably move Stanton a little bit down the lineup because he's not a yeah. guy that hits for batting average. Obviously it's more of him hitting bombs, you know, out of the uh, outfield uh, for the New York Yankees. But you mentioned it, right? Juan Soto, He's going to have a great time with that route field uh, oh, short yeah. porch there um, uh, at Yankee Stadium. And I think I saw one of the books. I want to say it was. I want to say it was like draft. It was DraftKings, or if it was, I don't know if it was Caesars, but they had a um, home run total for both Aaron Judge and Juan Soto. I think the number was like 87 and a half um, for both those combined uh, guys to uh, hit home runs. I would lean towards the over on that. For sure. Over, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not early on, but definitely when it starts getting warmer over here on the East Coast, the balls are going to start flying. Especially we saw them juiced a little while ago within recent years. But you mentioned Alex Verdugo. I love Alex Verdugo. I think he's one of the best all-around players. You could play him anywhere. You put him in left field. You put Soto in right and Judge in center. I, I like that. I like that outfield right now. I hate it. It like pains me to say because it's our rival here in New York. But I, I think you put Vol. I think you put uh, Verdugo right above Volpe. Volpe usually bats around eight or nine. You put Verdugo at seven, maybe uh, Glaber at six, Stan at five, or switch it up a little bit. But I think Alex Verdugo is going to play left field, don't you? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Last year he did play right field for the Red Sox, um, but uh, I think there's a guy that can obviously play. Um, you know, I think all three um, outfield positions, but I think they're more comfortable having Aaron Judge uh, and the ability for him to cover ground quickly uh, mm-hmm. to be in the outfield. And then, I mean, you take a look at Alex Verdugo when he was with his time. Damn, I can't believe he's already been in four seasons with the Red Sox, but you go back to his second year. Um, with the Dodgers or the third year. So he batted 294 and then the shortened season uh, with the Red Sox, 308, 289, 280, 264. So 
that that's pretty good when you talk about uh, guys, especially being in this Yankees lineup where guys really did hit for average. Like I mentioned, they were one of the worst offenses in the American League last season. So you add, you add Alex Verdugo, you add Juan Soto to this lineup. You already had Aaron Judge, and you got rid of some of the dead weight in Josh Donaldson. I think Dylan. My more concern about this Yankees team is still going to be their pitching, right? Obviously, you still have Garrett Cole, the Cy Young Award winner. Uh, I know Nestor Cortez was injured a lot uh, last season. Um, I knew you um, Yeah. Uh, and then you also had um, Severino, who I, there was flashes last year of him returning to the guy that – he was before the injury, but I, he ended up with what I think you're Mets, right? Um, oh, don't we don't need to bring that up? Yes. Yeah. yeah no, no, I'm just saying. But <laughs> I, I, I think that I think that the X factor in this pitching rotation for the Yankees is I think it's going to be uh, Nestor Cortez for me. I think Garrett Cole is obviously going to be Garrett Cole, but I mean, what are your thoughts on this starting rotation? Yeah, starting rotation. Obviously, we don't really have to say much about Garrett Cole. He's fantastic. Uh, I want to see more about Carlos Rodon. You know, they went out, they got yes. him. Last Last year, he they spent a pretty penny on him and he barely played a quarter of the season. And when he did come yeah. in, he was kind of very inconsistent for them. I want to see a nice bounce back from the lefty. I think that's what they really struggled with, too. I know Nestor Cortez throws lefty as well, but they have a lot of righties, which I think is why they got rid of some of the righties in the deal. But uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I want to see more from Carlos Rodon. Nestor Cortez, we saw what he is capable of when healthy. He just ran into some injuries last season. I want to see how this year for Clark Schmidt is going to be. He's going to be in that fourth spot, fourth, fifth uh, spot in the rotation. But yeah, I think mm -hmm. they need some uh, pitchers. I think Gomez is their fifth starter as of right now. But yeah, they, they need to add another pitcher for sure. Yeah, so obviously a big splash move here for the New York Yankees. Uh, they get their guy, and I think this was a move that I think a lot of the Yankee fans that I talked to that this was a move that needed to be made for Brian Cashman to save his job, right? And he went out and improved this offense with two uh, two trades, like we mentioned with Juan Soto and Alex Verdugo. So you know maybe a couple more trades or maybe some more signings coming here for the pitching side for the um, New York Yankees. But I think it's a pretty good start here for the Yankees offseason. And again, uh, like I mentioned, their pitching was pretty good last year. It's just the offense really slacked last year for this team. Um, anything else you want to mention about Juan yeah. Soto? Yeah, real quick, the buzz around here in the streets of like the Bronx and just New York, they're, they love it. I mean, they got their guy. Yeah. I think that was the biggest splash that they really wanted to make go and acquire Juan Soto. I think it's really going to add some depth and some power much needed to this lineup. And yeah, they're, they're happy, but the job's not done. You know, uh, Steinbrenner, he, he would go out and get everyone if he, if he was still alive. So I think they need one more pitcher, but they're, they're trending on the right path. I would say. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, Let's take a quick break here, and then we'll talk about. I think I uh, also need to talk about what this does for the Padres as well here. But uh, yeah, before we get to the Padres side of things, let me tell everyone about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. You can watch along. You can also make your own picks and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy using promo code SGPN. All right, uh, D-Rock. So obviously Juan Soto to the Yankees now. 
we mentioned all the names that are headed over in the pitching prospects to the uh, San Diego Padres. Uh, they had Blake Snell, or I don't, I don't think he's going to stay there. You know, uh, is Blake Snell insane? I, th- I think he's going to probably on the move here. But look, they they got a boatload of prospects here, right? We rattled off the names that are part of the San Diego Padres team. Uh, last year, obviously, a huge disappointment for the San, uh, San Diego Padres team when you had the offensive talent. You know, we talked about the Alexander Bogards of the world, the Manny Machados of the world, the uh, Fernando Tatis Juniors, and you had Juan Soto. So that, on paper at least, was a probably the one of the best, if not the yeah. best, top four hitters that you could have had in your lineup. I know the Dodgers had uh, some great names in there as well, but. If you're a Padres fan, how are you reacting to the the return that you got for Juan Soto here? I mean, I'm worried, especially uh, my outfield. I really you traded away your uh, center fielder as well. Trent Grisham was their everyday center fielder. So, I mean, Juan Soto played left. I, I would assume Fernando Tatis is going to stay in right field. Uh, they got Preston Tucker. Maybe he goes and plays left or center, but. I would be a little worried if I'm being honest. You mentioned Blake Snell as well might be in on the move. I think he might go to Seattle. He's from the Pacific Northwest, so he might go there. But, uh, yeah, I I worry about their pitching, their bullpen as well. Uh, Catcher, I think they need to upgrade. I like Gary Sanchez. I thought he was an okay fill-in, but I think they need to upgrade at catcher. And outside of that, I do worry about left field and uh, center field because they did just get rid of uh, Juan Soto and Trent Grisham. So we'll see. But uh, they have some money to spend. We'll just see what they they go out and get. Yeah, 100%. I I think that there's definitely, obviously, a possibility here with the pitching side of things for the – uh, for the Padres, I'm not worried about their hitting. I think those guys will bounce back nicely this year uh, for their team. But I think that, again, when I talk about, you know, teams that can win not only division titles, games, but also World Series, uh, I think you got to – I started looking at pitching first. I know the Rangers were historical last year when they won the World Series with what they were able to have to play. But the first thing I look at is always pitching. So uh, definitely going to be a question mark here for the San Diego Padres. Uh, the long way to wait is over, D-Rock. Uh, the, the news, the excitement, I think this was probably the second most anticipated signing in recent memory, I think after LeBron James left for Miami yeah. uh, in Shohei Otani. Uh, Otani announced, I believe this was on Saturday, uh, that he is headed to the L.A. Dodgers. And there was a lot of rumbling that he was going to end up in Toronto. People tracking his jet and slash plane, acting like he ended up in Toronto and that uh, sort. I didn't really put a lot of stock into him going to the Blue Jays just because, number one, when we heard about where eventually he wanted to end up, it was either going to be staying on the West Coast, whether it was going to be the Dodgers, the Giants, or staying put in L.A. with the Angels or in Anaheim. Um, or it was going to be a contender on the East Coast, whether it was going to be, or even essentially like the the, the Braves name were in that conversation. Cubs. Um, the Cubs was a, a huge name, right? When the free agency and the season ended. Um, but lo and behold, he announces on his Instagram on Saturday that he is uh, signing with the Dodgers 10 years, $700 million uh, for Shohei Otani. And Otani not going to be pitching in uh, next season, uh, dealing with a UCL injury, but he will be uh, obviously batting in this lineup that D Rock already had two former MVPs mm-hmm. in Mookie Betts 
and Freddie Freeman. Now you add Otani at that top of the lineup behind Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts, or I should say maybe in front, we would probably be batting leadoff there. We'll see what they do with Mookie Betts. But I think if you're also a Dodgers fan, you are 100% excited about having a player, a generational talent, maybe since Babe Ruth and Shohei Otani on your team for the next 10 years. Yeah, I mean, first off the report, that's two years by, I think, the guy John Morrissey uh, for MLB yeah. Network. Two years, two years in a row. I mean, one with the judge and the uh, and the Giants, and now this one. I mean, he apologized, but I'll say this. On behalf of all the friends in, in uh, Toronto, we do not accept your apology. I mean, yeah. that, that was just awful. But, yeah, uh, it, it made the most sense. As much as I hate it and I just hate the Dodgers, it made the most sense to be honest. Yeah honest uh it's insane like you said he's not going to be able to pitch next season uh but a lot of people are just mad like they're saying it's overpaid but who cares if the roles were reversed and he went went to your team you'd be so yeah. happy you know what oh, i mean yeah. every, every mlb offseason huge contract is overpaid because essentially you're paying for past accomplishments so mm-hmm. there's no salary cap in the mlb it's not your money they're paying for Shohei himself. You know, this is not just Shohei. It's like a marketing thing as well. You know, they're paying for jersey sales, how many seats he brings in. It's an investment on a person from a business standpoint as well. So I think a lot of people are just upset that their owner has less money, to be honest. So he's going to be awesome. Uh, and all these large contact, uh, contracts excuse me, are going to look bad down the road. Aaron Judge, uh, Bryce Harper, Shohei Otani. But you're not paying for that. You're paying for the prime of his career, which is what you're getting but yes 70 uh 700 million insane it's unfortunate that the state of california is just awful and that they're going to take half of it but uh i mean it's just amazing to get you can't pass up an opportunity like that if you are the dodgers so credit to them yeah i mean i had the same exact reaction like you said it just made too much sense for otani to uh go to the dodgers he's just he's going across town uh, to the Dodgers instead of being with the Angels. I mean, he already had a home in Southern California. It's a quick trip mm-hmm. or an easier trip, I should say, from L.A. to Japan. So, you know, it just made a lot of sense. And obviously, you know, it's the Dodgers being Dodgers. But well, like we mentioned, he's not going to be able to pitch next season, like we mentioned, because of the injury to the elbow. But he's still going to be in the batting lineup. Um, again, I think there's another team, like I mentioned, with the Yankees, D-Rock, that I still have concerns about the pitching, right? Because, again, yeah. playing Kershaw, another year older, he always has the playoff woes. Um, Julio Urias last year wasn't the Julio Urias we've seen previous years. Uh, Walker Bueller should be back this upcoming season. He's coming off of the uh, TJ surgery. Tony um, Gonsolin. Yeah, Tony Gonsolin as well. So I still felt like that they needed to go uh, uh, get pitching, and obviously they'll get that with Otani, I know, not this season, but in the 2025 year, um, with him being in the rotation there as well. But you know, this lineup is, is again, going to be one of the more dangerous ones. They We already saw what they did last season uh, with Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith, um, you know, in the lineup that they had there. Now you add a guy like Otani with now three MVPs sitting at the top of your lineup. So definitely you're uh, definitely going to be excited. Um, I know there's a lot of memes and stuff going around about how the concession prices are going to be through <laughs> now at uh, Dodger Stadium. Trevor pointing it out as well. Uh, $300 hot dogs and $600 beers. $600 uh, is crazy. <laughs> and it's going to be $250 just to park over at uh, Dodger Stadium. But um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I I get it. Again, like you mentioned that if this was, you know, your Mets team, if it was 
you know, any other team, whether it was the Cubs, the Blue Jays, whatever the case might have been, that you would have forked up the money uh, to pay Otani $700 million to be on your roster just because he is a generational talent. Mal pointing out uh, Johnny Junta's tour was absolutely funny <laughs> over the past several weeks when they, you know, the rumors were hitting about Otani going to the Blue Jays. But uh, if you didn't get a chance to, you know, follow Junta, uh, Johnny Junta, a friend of the program, um, he was absolutely hilarious, you know, thinking that um, Otani was going to end up with the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, what, where else? Were, anything else for the Otani signing? Real quick. Uh, yeah, that lineup that you were saying, I, I mentioned where you would put uh, Juan Soto. I, I would put Otani at two. I think I agree. I think their pitching is definitely a cause of concern. And, you know, even Jet Passens, he came out and said, they're still in the running for Yamayoto. So that yeah. could that could really help boost their pitching. Obviously, you have Clayton Kershaw. I mean, this lineup, I don't worry about their hitting. It's the pitching. Lance Lynn wanted up leaving. Bobby Miller, we'll see if he could be good th- in the upcoming year. Julio mm-hmm. Rios, he just all off the field issues with him, man. I, I really yeah. don't. And then he got injured as well. So we'll, we'll see what happens with him. But we're, we're going to get Mookie Betts, an everyday second baseman. He'll, he'll probably yeah. bat leadoff. Otani, too. Freeman, Will Smith, Max Muncie, James Outman. You got Hayward. You got Chris Taylor, Gavin Lux. I mean, this lineup, top to bottom, they're they're going to be scoring a lot of runs. Dodgers minus one and a half might be my favorite play next season. Yeah, I think it's going to get to a point where like minus one and a half is going to be like minus like one ninety in some of these games that they play against. Maybe some against <laughs> the poorest teams uh, in the MLB. So we might have to start looking at minus two and a half around minus one ten yeah. for the Dodgers in some of those games. But uh, yeah, so uh, obviously the domino now has fallen for uh, the MLB. Um, and again, another. Uh, I guess another lo- a loss, I guess, uh, for lack of better words, for the Angels, right? We talked a lot about yeah. the Angels for the past several seasons that you had two guys on this team with Otani and Mike Trout, and you weren't even able to get to a playoff series, let alone a win a playoff game with those two on your roster. So um, I think the GM already came out and said for the Angels that um, they're not going to be trading Mike Trout, but... I think Mike Trout, it might just come to a point where he may just demand a trade and go to maybe his hometown team of the Phillies or wherever he wants to end up. But, um, you know, we'll see. And again, with Mike Trout, he hasn't been able to stay healthy over the past couple of seasons as well. So, you know, uh, we'll see what transpires for this Angels team, um, you know, going forward now in life without Shohei Otani. I think I saw they they spent a combined two hundred and eighteen million on I think five or six seasons with arguably that when healthy the two best players in baseball and they did not make a single playoff appearance. I mean, yeah, that that's just bad, man. That's just really and and last year they didn't tank. They actually were buyers and they got worse. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's something that we've mentioned over the past several seasons that they never did anything no. to address their starting pitching like. They didn't have a true number one on this roster um, and in that pitching rotation. So that was the biggest concern. Obviously, it was Otani for several seasons when he won, you know, MVPs and things like that. But when you have a general t- uh, generational talent like Otani, yes, you had Mike Trout on the offense. Offense, I was never worried about with this team, right? Because they still had guys in that lineup that can hit the baseball. But at the end of the day, we always talk about pitching and for the Yankees, for the Dodgers, for the Angels, they still I think the Yankees you're you're okay with because you still have a 
Cy Young Award winner Garrett Cole. You're going to have a healthy Carlos Rodon. When uh, Nestor Cortez is healthy, he's really good as well. So the Yankees are going to be okay. But, you know, teams like the Padres, the Dodgers, the Angels, still need to go out and address some of the pitching concerns that they do have uh, going forward. So, uh, um, yeah, we'll put a can in that. Obviously, those are the two big news um, uh, for the MLB this uh, or quick, at least for I this week. Something? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, ESPN announced today, uh, I don't know if you saw it, but I think they were waiting till Shohei signed. But ESPN announced they'll be televising the 2024 uh, Seoul Series in South Korea to kick off the 2024 MLB season. That's March 20th and 21st, 6 a.m. here on the East Coast. And it's going to be between the San Diego Padres and the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's the first ever MLB game played mm. in South Korea. So I think, oh, what's his name on the podcast? Han, uh, Han Sung Kim. He's going to be returning to his home country in yeah. South Korea. And then Shohei Otani's uh, Dodgers debut. So I can't wait for that. And then Shohei, he's going to obviously play his former team, the Angels, June 21st and 22nd for the first time in Dodger Stadium. So mark your calendar. It's going to be interesting. That just means Yamamoto is probably going to end up with the Dodgers as well. Oh, don't, uh, don't say that. Think, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. So, well, again, we'll, we'll do um, we'll, we'll be doing all these offseason pods at least weekly until we ramp it up for the regular season. So there's always going to be something to talk about in the baseball world. All right. Before we talk about some American League future picks here for uh, the upcoming season, let me tell everyone about Hall of Fame bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tools to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. All right, D-Rock, uh, I know that um, Caesars has dropped some win totals for the upcoming season and i know there's still a lot to be determined obviously with the off season and you know maybe more trades obviously going to be coming about and and you know teams uh signing players and things like that but that'd be fun you know we, at least we give out a couple of um uh, give out a couple of win totals or, or some future picks, uh, picks that we do like for this upcoming season here um you want to uh, kick us off with something that you uh, did like for the upcoming season yeah, I know. Uh, we'll we'll stay in the AL East. Uh, we'll go Tampa Bay Rays over eighty five wins at minus one ten. I think the Rays are are going to be a really good team this year. You know, they opened up the last season on an absolute tear. They won, I think, thirty one of the first thirty eight home games. Uh, they reached the All Star break. 58 and 35 second best record second half of the season. They kind of ran into some injuries, but they still finished 99 and 63. I still think they're a 90 win ball club. You know, I think the number is extremely low for a ball club that is run really well from top to bottom outside of the COVID year. They've gone over this number in five straight seasons, nine of the last 13 they've gone over. Uh, and, and I just think they might be like a 92 to 95 win club. I guess my big concern or my big question I have two questions for this team is will Tampa Bay get the uh, resolution for Wanda Franco? I think a lot yeah. of people have 
kind of been quiet on the on the uh, on Wander Franco. I know I we've kind of been quiet as well, waiting for all the facts to come out. But that's a tricky scenario because correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's kind of he was arguably one of their best and most productive players on that team last season. So I think that's one of the questions. What are they going to do with him? And are they going to trade Tyler Glass now and get rid of that $25 million salary? I've heard a lot of speculation. He might get canned. I've also heard Randy Rosarena name in trade talks as well. This is a really good team that's coached well. I think they have an opportunity to get the most out of their players, which they usually do, especially early on in the season. I just got to see what other moves this team makes in the offseason. It is very early, but as of right now, I, I honestly don't think we're going to get a better number than this for the race. So my numbers came out to a 93 win ball club. I, I got to take it the over at 85 wins. Yeah, I the exactly two points that you made about the race here was kind of kept me off of taking the over on them because like you mentioned, every single season, they just find ways to win ball games at least during the regular season, right? And they've rattled off 90-plus wins in so many seasons in a row. And it's really been led by their pitching. And again, you know, there's been, again, this is another team that is going to be dealing with some uh, pitching uh, injuries, right? I think Shane McClanahan uh, yeah. was a guy that was in Cy Young form uh, for this uh, Tampa Bay Rays team. And, you know, he had to opt for Tommy John surgery and he's going to be missing the entire uh, next season as well. So that's a loss. And then if they're probably going to end up trading uh, Tyler Glass now, the way they run business as far as being a low payroll type of team, I think that he's probably going to be on the move would be uh, my guess as well. So that was the two pause. And again, you also mentioned the Wander Franco situation as well. If he's going to be playing a baseball game ever again, at the, at least at the professional level. So um, I think for me, it's a wait and see approach, but I agree with you that it would probably be an over or nothing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the, like you mentioned, I saw the rumors about uh, Randy or Rosarena uh, being in trade rumors. So if this team doesn't get off to a great start, we may see some of these guys like a Rosarena possibly being on the move and things like that. But I, I want to see what they decide to do. Number one with Tyler glass now, because he came back and looked pretty good uh, mm-hmm. coming back from the injury. Um, and then, you know, obviously his offense, not a team that hits a lot of home runs, but they hit for average, right? When yeah. we talk about old school baseball and small baseball. I think Tampa Bay raised that team is right up there, um, you know, next to that, you know, definition of, of, of small, uh, of, of small time baseball and uh, old school baseball. So, um, yeah, I would look at the over here as well. Um, for me here, I think, so let me start with the Detroit Tigers here. Mm. Their win total was posted at 77. Uh, I think this is a team that's only on the upward move. And I think it's kind of a blueprint of what the Baltimore Orioles were able to put together last season. Now, I'm not saying they're going to go out and win 100-plus games are the Detroit Tigers. But for what I'm seeing over the past couple of seasons here is that they are a team that's been starting to trend towards being a winning ball couple again. I know when Noah was on the pod with us, he would mention that this was a team that needed to make front office moves and they finally went out and did that right last season we saw that it was the pretty much the miguel cabrera farewell tour and i'm not saying that was a distraction for this team but they still found a way to win 77 games last year yeah uh did the detroit tigers 
And they have a boatload of young talent on this team, right? But I think the one thing that really stands out to me is that they're in this division where in any single year, you have at least at least four teams that could go out and win. I know Chicago Cubs last year were one of the worst teams in baseball, but when they were healthy previous last year, they were always in that conversation of winning this division. Last season, it was the Minnesota Twins led by their pitching. Their offense was relatively healthy. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians took a little bit of a step back. They still haven't addressed anything about their offense. And I like the up-and-coming names that are on this Detroit Tigers roster. And I know when Mal and I started this pod, we talked a lot about Tarek Skubal. We talked about Matt Manning. Um, we also talked about, uh, God, there was another pitcher on this uh, roster that is just not coming to my mind right now. They had two young guys. So it was Tark Skubal and it was oh God. Uh Casey Mize was the other one that we talked a lot about on this uh, on this roster. They also added a veteran and Kenta Maeda, who can, mm-hmm. you know, be you know your third or fourth guy uh in this pitching rotation. And you talk about the names on their offensive side, right? We talked about the Spencer Torkelsons of the world. Uh I know Akil Badu two seasons ago was, you know, just was an absolute a stud. I know he fell off a little bit last year. Carrie uh, Carpenter last year came on big for this team. Um, so there's guys on this roster that I think that are going to be able to take that next step up. I know Javi Baez is still on this team as well, but I still think they're going to be well managed. Um, the front office has made their change, and again, being in a division where I think that it's, I think it's going to be a probably a two or three team race. I think the Detroit Tigers are a team that can compete for this division, if not at least for a wild card spot. So I like what I've seen from this uh, Tigers team. I'll give out the over 77 here on this team here. Um, D-Rock. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I definitely think they could uh, improve. They did lose Eduardo Rodriguez as well, correct? Yeah, yeah, he went to the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I, I guess my biggest question is, like you mentioned, Javi Bias. There's no way in hell he declines his four-year $98 million option, no. right? There's <laughs> just so. no, no way. Nobody's paying him that money. No, no. For a guy that strikes out all that much. Yeah. Uh, I, I had an interesting thing because I think he'll be for, for sale. You pick up a guy like Jonathan India in the middle of the infield. I think they could use a guy like that at second base, don't you? Oh, yeah. And that's a guy also in your batting lineup that you can put at mm-hmm. the nine spot at the bottom to provide yeah. some protection or a guy that can lead off. I know a lot of times the Reds were doing that last season with him, but... Yeah, I think that having him in the infield, I think that would be really good for this uh, for this uh, Tigers team. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I do like that as well. Uh, and for my second one, I'm going to go to the AL West, uh, your hometown team, Houston Astros. I'm going to go over 88 and a half wins. This is the Astros division. Let's just be honest. I know the Rangers are coming off the winning the World Series, but let's not forget they did collapse late in the regular season to give the Astros another division title. But this has been the Astros division for the last what? six years uh, outside the COVID mm-hmm. year. The Astros have gone over 88 wins in six straight years. Going to be a little different without Dusty Baker, but I think uh, the new manager, Joe Esposito, I think he'll be fine with this group. They haven't done much this offseason to improve. It is still early, but they do have one of the best lineups in baseball. Defensively, they are very sound. I just think they need to improve their bullpen and get another legit starter. They did run into some injuries last year. Javi, uh, Christian Javier wasn't the best, but if they improve their pitching, there's no reason this team shouldn't win at least 90 games. So as long as this number stays under 90, I think this is another one where we have to hammer the over. 
Yeah, this was the other one I was going to give out as well as the uh, Astros. Um, and like what you mentioned, I'd, anytime I see, I'll see a number that's under 90 wins for this Astros team, I'm betting the over. So last season, and I'll start with this, is that the problem last year with this Astros team is the first one that you did touch on was the injuries that they had uh, to the pitching rotation, right? And that's why they had to go back and get Justin Verlander Mm-hmm. Um, at the trade deadline for them to make a run in the postseason to fall short in the American League champion American League Championship Series against the eventual World Series winners, the uh, Texas Rangers. But you'll have Justin Verlander back. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like he's slowing down at all, especially yeah. during the regular season. Framber Valdez had a, I think we can say a Cy Young worthy season last year. I know his record was only twelve and eleven, but he did have twenty quality starts last year. Pitched almost 200 innings for this team. Did have an ERA of 3.45. And he tailed off a little bit at the end of last season. Finished the season with 200 strikeouts as well. Christian Javier was another guy that I think that if they're able to find a permanent um, spot for him in the rotation and not kind of put him in that hybrid role that they were doing a couple of seasons ago, uh, I think that that's another asset that you can uh, have I still feel like they need to go out and get another, maybe a second or third starter. Um, or maybe even an ace if they wanted to in that starting rotation, because like you mentioned that this batting order is one of the best in the American league, just because I think they are so deep. Uh, when you talk yeah. about, you know, Jose Altuve at the top of the lineup, um, Jeremy Pena, Kyle Tucker, who had a low key MVP year last year, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I mean, he was in that conversation for MVP last year. Um, you know, you got Jordan Alvarez. They already came out and said that Yonder Diaz is going to be the, pretty much the full-time starter next season. So going from Martin Maldonado's bat to Yonner Diaz's bat, I think that's just an absolute upgrade right there for this rotation as well. Or sorry, for this lineup as well. Nelson, uh, Chaz McCormick was going to be the full-time center fielder for this team as well. And he had incredible last year batting for this team as well. He's also been great uh, defensively for this um, Astros rotation. uh, Sorry, their lineup as well. I think last season, what, the downfall for this Astros team was, was that they weren't able to produce wins at home. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you take a look at their home and road splits last year, this Astros team 51 and 30 on the road last year, D rock at home, they were uh, under 500, 39 and 42. And that's not very like the Red Sox. Oh, sorry. This uh, Astros team, Um, which is very odd. Yeah. Right. Because when this team got good, like the hometown team, like supports this team. I'll tell you like over the past five years and just because they have been good, this has been an Astros town. Obviously when you're starting to win ball games, the bandwagon fans are going to come out. Um, And you saw a lot of times that even during the regular season, the ballpark would be packed for this Astros team. So I think that's going to correct itself. And there was some questionable decisions that Dusty Baker made last season. That just made you kind of scratch your head because he would always put in Martin Maldonado, you know, I understand that he wants to be uh, Justin Verlander wants him to be the catcher for the Astros team, but it comes to a point where that bad became a, a liability. And then when Yonder Diaz was called up, just kind of get some starts for the Astros. You kind of saw that when he was in the lineup that they were winning ball games. So I think it's already in a step in the right direction that number one, Dusty Baker decided to retire. They got a new mm-hmm. manager, but not really a new manager. It was a bench coach for this Astros team for the past several seasons. Um, your, Pitching rotation with Justin Verlander, uh, Framber Valdez. I still think that they're going to go out and get another pitcher, and your offense is still going to be your offense. I didn't even mention Jose Altuve and Jordan Alvarez in this lineup, right? 
Jordan Alvarez, we know that when healthy, that if he plays 130, 140 plus games, he can be in that conversation for the home run king yeah. because he has that type of power. So anything under 90, I'm with you, D-Rock. I really like the Astros to go over on their 88 and a half. And this division is going to be better, right? You obviously yeah. have the Texas Rangers that won the title. They have a great offense. They're going to get uh, Jacob DeGrom back. We'll see what Max Scherzer can do. Uh, Seattle should be better. They also won 88 games last year as well. This was a three-team race down the stretch for the AL West. But I still think the Astros are going to be competing for this division, if not still the front runners in this division. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a three-team race as well with Seattle, Houston, and Texas. Um, my, my one question is, what do you do with J.P. France, who I thought he some games he pitched really well. Some games it was head scratchers. Like you said, I, I thought he was good. Uh, they do get Lance McCullers Jr. back. I, I think they need to go out and get a lefty pitcher. They got a lot of righties. I think you put in a lefty there and would really help this rotation. But, yeah, I agree. I think y- Yonder Diaz, they were clearly a better lineup and just a better overall team yeah. when he was playing. And I think it was it was visibly noticeable when when he was in the lineup compared to Martin Maldonado. And usually it's just weird. Usually at home, you're, you're, you, you perform better. And on the road, you kind of struggle. But it was the opposite. And it, it was just a head scratcher. So I, I think it was the right time for Dusty Baker to step away. But I, I think this team is going to be just fine. Yeah, I think that one lefty name to keep in mind that has been circulating in rumors is uh, Jordan Montgomery, right? Because, you know, when mm, we talk yeah. about teams that need a left-handed um, pitcher. I think Jordan Montgomery comes to that top of the list. I know um, the Red Sox were rumored for him as well. The Rangers want to re-sign him definitely. Um, but I think that's a guy that, you know, team like the Astros that needed some left-handed pitching, they could definitely use his uh, um, arm uh, in that rotation. Um, I think kind of at the bottom of the barrel, I still think that I'm going to go with an Angels under. And I think that this team is, I think they're in a lot of trouble with post Otani uh, era yeah. because number one, I'm not sure I can trust Mike Trout to stay healthy, but it's only one of nine guys in your everyday lineup. I know they have some young guys, but it still always comes down to the pitching for me for this angels team. That one year that their starters can look really good for you, but then it's always that this bullpen is just not very good uh, at times either. So last season, during the regular season, uh, their team uh, batting, sorry, their team um, ERA was, let's see here, they were the, where are the Angels? They were the fourth worst. They were down there with the White Sox, the Royals, and the A's. And we saw what the Royals and A's were last season. Um, I, I just don't have faith in this Angels team to make no. the right decision, especially with that front office, right? You butchered. The opportunity you had with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani by not doing anything to surround them with players in that lineup, especially the pitching rotation, like I mentioned. But I think there may just come to a point where maybe even Mike Trout gets fed up and he maybe demands a trade and wants to get out of there. Um, so I, I I think their number was at 70. Let me see here. Uh, let me see. Uh I can find their number here. Uh, Angels, I think it was around 71 and a half. Yeah. I think this might be a team that probably ends up like with 65 to 67 wins. Yeah, I just don't trust their rotation at all. And then when you go and add pieces like Lucas Giolito, like, 
that's just that's just not going to put you over the top. That's not that's not a that's not a needle mover where Mike Trout goes, "Wow, I I really think this organization is going on the right track." You know, like they got CJ Crone. I do like CJ Crone. I do think he's pretty good. Uh Outside of Mike Trout, who I'm knocking on wood, I hopefully he doesn't get injured. But outside of that, and maybe Hunter Renfro, they really don't have much. Brandon Drury is okay, but I, I, it's not so much the offense because they can score runs. It's just the pitching and the bullpen is just god awful. And like you said, you're going to get to a point where they're going to they're going to run Mike Trout out of uh, LA as well, and he's just going to be like, screw this, I'm going to go home. I'll play for the Phillies for less it and actually make the playoffs. So. Yeah. It's it's a shame. I think it's also bad for baseball that one of the best players in baseball has not made the playoffs. So yeah. it's going to get to a point where if they don't do drastic changes to their rotation and to the organization as a whole, we'll start to see Mike Trout leave as well. And again, TVDBJ pointing it out that Mike Trout is now more hurt than not uh, over the past yeah. several seasons. Um, but again, when we talk about Obviously, because of what he's done early in his career, that he's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. But I, at least for me, when I talk about careers of baseball players, I want to see what you've done in the playoffs as well. And Mike Trout, unfortunately, yeah. has not been able had yeah played very many games in his career um, when it comes to uh, the playoffs. So um, that's what it is. Is I'll, I'll give out another. I'll give out an under there. The Angels uh, to go under on their win total uh, for this upcoming season. Uh, Do you rock anything else we want to mention as far as anything for MLB? Anything else you want to get off your chest? Uh, no, not. I'll have more as more totals and division odds and World Series odds come out. But uh, yeah, those are the two that I were really confident about. I uh, do want to plug SGPN store. I'm wearing the Christmas sweater as well. I don't know if you guys can see it. Sledding bets. But uh, yeah, go go over in there and check it out. Maybe get yourself an ugly Christmas sweater for there the holidays. Yep, there you go. Um, we did see your owner fly to Japan and try to convince Yamamoto <sighs> to sign with the Mets. What's your feeling on that? Uh, I'll say I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that uh, we could persuade him to come over uh he flew with kodai Senga and his translator i i hope we have the we have the money to sign him it's just does he believe in the mets which i mean uh, why would you to be to be honest but uh i i hope i hope he signs that would that would make my off season but realistically i i don't think he'll sign with the mets if, I, if i'm being transparent so the three players from Japan that uh, can convince him, right? It's either going to be the Mets, it's either going to be the Dodgers, or it's going to be the Red Sox because the Red Sox have um, God. It's God. I I'm so like behind with names and like you're in basketball um, season. <laughs> I'm in basketball like NFL mode, and being a Red Sox fan, I can't even think of the guy that we signed last season it's, was actually pretty good and was Maka um, Mashakakia Yoshiyata definitely butchered that yes 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 so I mean look he was really good last year for this uh, Red Sox team but if, if there's another team we're talking about here that needs pitching I think the Red Sox are at, at that top of that list uh, when we talk about um, you know pitching needs and using a guy like Yamamoto. So, yeah, Yoshida, um, last year, obviously, coming from Japan, signing with the Red Sox, I think that he can definitely convince him uh, to come play for the Red Sox, but we shall see. 
I'll say this, Moonoff. Uh, All right, that will do it for this edition of the MLB. Yeah, go ahead. No, real quick. I know. I, I think it's in the the best favor of the show for ratings for everything is if the Mets are just bad because everyone wants to see the rant. Don't worry if they are bad. You know, I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let them have it, but uh, not right now. Everything is cool, calm, and collective. I'm on my way actually in a few minutes to the Giants uh, Packers game tonight, so we'll see. You know what's going to happen next year is that we're just going to have a separate segment uh, for Mets rants, and, and we'll have to title it something with Dylan <laughs> in it. So uh, about the oh, Mets uh, doing something that's going to make uh, Dylan, uh, you know, jump off the Empire State Building or something like that. But, <laughs> uh, hopefully, at least for your mentals, that the Mets are decent next year. If not for the show ratings, then we'll, we'll have a separate segment yeah. for that. <laughs> All right, that is going to do it for this edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast. We'll be here weekly on Mondays just chopping about baseball until uh, we get to after the new year. We'll start off, obviously, division previews and hopefully more uh, free agency and trades happening in MLB for us to talk about and futures as well. Uh, make sure to follow DRock on X. That's at Rock with two Ks, R-O-C-K-K-24. You can follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. More importantly, if you haven't already subscribed to the MLB Gambling Podcast YouTube channel, uh, please go ahead and do so and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram, uh, MLB at MLB SGPN on Twitter and uh, MLB Gambling Podcast on Instagram. I will talk to you guys next week with some more offseason content. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. <laughs>